Welcome to the XR Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Diana Olenik. And on this show, we dive into the cutting edge worlds of XR, Web3, and artificial intelligence with the brightest minds in the industry, bringing you exclusive insights and game-changing conversations that will revolutionize your understanding of the future. Today, we're speaking with Brave Williams, who is the founding director of the IEX Center at Hassan University. He's an associate professor and leads curriculum development for one of the first exclusively XR Bachelor of Science degrees. So the IEX Center is an innovation hub that develops solutions using extended reality experiences, such as virtual and augmented reality. Through the IEX Center, students learn how to solve real-world problems using the advanced technology associated with the emerging XR field. These immersive and interactive experiences are developed with the involvement of students and faculty within the School of Technology and Innovation, as well as those from other colleges across campus as they work together on interdisciplinary XR projects. Thank you so much, Bray, for being here today. We're super excited to have you in the podcast. Thank you. Uh, please let us know how are you doing today? And maybe later you can transition on to what's your background? Yeah, doing well. Um, I live and work in uh, Bangor, Maine, uh, where I teach uh, at a university. And um, yeah, we're, we're in our, our summer season and not yet started up for our classes yet. So uh, it's been a good summer here in Maine, mostly. <laughs> yeah, that sounds super exciting. I think that right now, I mean, there is a lot of enthusiasm for XR technologies and uh, the education field is actually seeing this part of this enthusiasm and more and more people is wanting to learn even from their own bachelors from their own uh, specialties, how to incorporate these type of technologies in their work. I wonder if you can let us know a little bit about your work as a professor, uh, everything that is happening at the university, anything that you want to expand from there, because it, this is always valuable for anyone who wants to learn exactly. Yeah, I'd love to, um, you know, thanks for taking a minute to uh, chat uh, with me about this. Uh, it's, it's a pretty exciting time, I would say, in, in, you know, education for XR. There's just so much opportunity and whatnot. And, you know, as I mentioned, I, I teach in, um, in Bangor, Maine, and my background is actually in theater. So I've got an undergraduate degree and a master's MFA in theater uh, set design. And, it's a it's a neat field because it it brings together so many different areas of study. You know, it brings together um, coding and design and uh, user experience and whatnot. But it's really a it's really exciting different platform. And the university that I teach at, it's a it's a small university, about three thousand students. It's been here for about one hundred and twenty five years, and we have a background in uh, business and healthcare and pharmacy and and communications and among other things, and it's a it's a very affordable school, but it's also a school that has um, you know worked to really uh, identify certain professional areas that need 
uh, need advancing and, and to push fields forward. So uh, the school has been really uh, extremely supportive of, of the work I do. And um, back about um, in 2016, actually, we got a, a million dollar uh, donation from uh, an individual that really wanted to see uh, communications uh, and technology uh, related to different emerging communications field uh, explored. And so starting with that seed money, we've since um, uh, had some other grant funding and whatnot, but we were able to start the, uh, the IAC Center, we call it the IAC Center, it's an XR Research Center, and it's, it's actually housed within the School of Business and then part of the School of Technology and Innovation. And uh, those monies and the commitment from the university really helped us to uh, do something which we, we think is, is quite unique because what we have is, uh, I'll sort of get into this a little bit more, but as a, as a quick overview, uh, what we have is we have a research facility and then we have a bachelor's degree, which is focused on extended reality. So what you see at a lot of other places is that XR shows up, it may show up in computer science, it may show up in um, communications, it may show up, you know, maybe there's some motion capture element uh, that's in, you know, filmmaking. And there are these aspects of spatial computing that show up in different areas. And what we realized is that um, in order to push this field forward, it's, it is ready to have its own focus, to have its own lab, to have its own bachelor's of science degree, uh, and to have a, a team that's focused specifically on this technology. And so we think in a lot of ways, uh, certainly in Maine, there's uh, nobody else that is um, as focused as we are. And you now as I go around the country um, uh, and talk to people, I don't often see that, um, that people are as focused and I'll sort of describe what I mean by that, that level of focus as well. But uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a background, quick background on um, what we are and what we do. Wow, yeah, that sounds amazing. I think that the idea of having a bachelor's and all the, the additional tools, all the additional independent study, independent field, is what somehow we've been looking for because I see many people looking for where can I study this? Where can I become specialized in this? And there hasn't been many maybe organizations that have moved towards the actual independent field of study, but I think that this is the place where we could actually get the complete um, panorama and mm. tools and education when it's it's a bachelor's I said previously if I, if I were younger this is the bachelor's that I would take yeah it just by the time that I took engineering many years ago this didn't even exist eh? so mm -hmm. it was not around as a formal as a formal um uh, you know like um a field of education independent field yeah. of education well one of the one of the things that's really um uh, challenging. I'm, obviously, the the technology is developing, and it's developing in in a variety of different fields. But one of the reasons you 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 know, as you say, you don't see that as much, is because it's actually a really challenging uh, field uh, to to study uh, to to work with because it pulls together so many different aspects. I mean, I kind of call it like um, almost an art form. It's just this scientific um, and uh, technological art form, and it's and it's complex. And so you've you've got all these different factors uh, that are basically working together, 
and you know under sort of under this umbrella of we like to say it as like um it's extended reality but it's mobile ar it's it's vr goggles it's ar glasses and then mm -hmm. it's also these immersive environments these ar environments which I'll, i can talk a little bit more about but they're this non-wearable environment and and it is challenging to bring together all these different technologies which are developing on their own courses mm -hmm. and um so one of the one of the things we did early on actually uh, one of the most uh, uh, impactful things is I went to a conference, I can talk more about this, but I went to a conference and um, learned about uh, Ron Azuma's work. Uh, he gave a framework which basically said that it was an AR framework and he said AR is, uh, it is something that is registered in real time. It's, uh, it's uh, sorry, it's registered in 3D space. It's interactive in real time and it's this combination of real and virtual. So we sort of put that together with this idea that, okay, this is a new medium and this is, and, and when we apply this XR test to it, if you will, and that's one of our, our, our emphasis is that we do this, we apply this XR test. And then the other thing we do is we look at uh, beyond that, if it's wearable or non-wearable, because um, this area of non-wearable doesn't get as much attention, but it's really powerful. So you have, uh, you have the ability to, uh, have projected media and have interactive projective media. You don't need anybody to wear anything and they can come along and they can see it, they can interact with it. Um, and there's a lot of different, even tactile things you can do in an interactive uh, way or some, I should say. Um, and at least we're pushing towards that. But that that's a really complex area because now you have this projected media or walls or interactive walls. And the, and the goal is, the challenge is, to have them not even hold anything, not have them hold an iPad or hold anything. So you have this whole area of non-wearable. So now you get into like entertainment and immersive environments. And that's um, when I worked in theater, uh, part of my background, I, I, I started working in those things before I, uh, I got to this area. And that's a whole complex area. And, um, you know, so it is really challenging to bring together all these different fields, if you will, uh, into this new uh, spatial computing, extended reality um, environment, and so yeah, it's just it's just it's just a you know it's a tough challenge, and it's and it's new, you know, it's this nascent technology. So that's you know, I think one of the reasons you don't see it as much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. So from an academic perspective, what are some of the biggest challenges in teaching this type of technology? Uh -huh. Just you mentioned is new what, what what have been your experience yeah um so we have uh it, it is it is the diversity of the of the technology that's one of the things and so we have a an immersive room that has a spatial audio or they like to call it immersive audio system which is a non-wearable immersive audio system which can track sounds and and allow people to interact with sounds so you can you know you can have an object that's standing in free space that's a you know it's a it's a can or a bottle or something like that and then what you can do is you can uh, create interactivity so that when you touch it it bongs or bings or makes a cat sound or does something you know but it's not a wearable uh, situation so the motions are tracked uh, there's nothing that they're wearing um, and then it's a uh, it's actually a Meyer space map go system and it allows it to geolocate sounds in 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 three-dimensional space but we also use that room for um, uh, tracking people for uh, like uh, 
um, in, in um, you know, mocap kind of an environment. We also use it for an, ex, uh, uh, they call it uh, in-camera VFX. And these are the kind of things that, you know, productions are using where they're filming in this, in this environment. Uh, instead of a green screen, it's actually an LED wall. And um, so we have an environment like that. Sometimes they call it a volume or something like that. Um, Mandalorian's probably more one of the more well-known. I've heard they use upward of 80% of their filming in a, in a volume type environment. Um, now, what's the universal there is that it's, it's run by a game engine. It's run by Unreal. And so uh, we work with filmmaking students in our communications school uh, mm -hmm. down over the hill. And so... Um, you know, and then and then on you know, on Tuesday, maybe we're working with them. And then maybe on Thursday, we're working with uh, somebody from, uh, you know, one of the science uh, medical uh, degrees, nursing, we've worked with people in nursing. And we're trying to, you know, figure out how we can uh, put them in a virtual reality environment to be able to uh, reduce medication errors or something like that. And so you know, we, so what happens is we have all this equipment, we have, you know, headsets and haptic gloves and, you know, all these different kinds of equipment. So, and it's not stable sometimes. So stuff is breaking down or maybe, you know, maybe the UI isn't good. So we have all these different types of equipment and whatever. And, and uh, the fundamental principles are all there. It's extended reality. It's registered in 3D space. It's interactive in real time. And it's a combination of real and virtual. It's XR, it's spatial computing. Um, but it goes in so many different directions. So sometimes we feel, uh, you know, you can certainly feel overwhelmed by, you know, having a million dollars worth of more equipment um, that's being, you know, used by people and breaking and firmware updates. And so, um, I mean, I understand why, you know, I understand some of the challenges, but for us, it's all XR. If it fits our XR test, then it's XR. And we, we move forward within that framework and we're creating and developing that art form. Yeah, wow. I just by mentioning all of these access that you have to all of these other faculties and all of these, you know, real projects or things that are happening is a lot of enrichment because this is when we're learning alone. This is these are the type of things that we don't have. We don't have access to that type of lab and we don't have access to real cases where we can test what we are doing yeah. and learn by making you know the real yeah. making just just not the theory so i think that is amazing the work of the lab I, wh where do you see it going where do you see the evolution of all of this and including the technology what excites you about the future yeah um <clears throat> well I, I just want to comment first on what you said which is this this environment for experimenting with things. So what we did is we came up with this Venn diagram. We have this Venn diagram that's sort of one of our guiding principles. And it has three elements, you know, in a Venn diagram and it has an XR program. Uh, that's our, our bachelor's of science XR program. And then it has the IX center, which is our research facility. But then the third part of the Venn diagram is these community projects and outreach. And you know, it sort of started as like this thing that we do to get our name out. So we, you know, people know about us and whatnot. Uh, but what happened was we realized that, um, I mean, we knew that it would be, we would be, we always wanted to help the community. We wanted to help the community understand XR. We wanted Maine, folks in Maine to understand it. We wanted our, our, you know, our resource to our university to help our professors understand XR. But, but and we knew it was sort of a testing ground, but it's hard to it's hard to describe how much we have learned from that community. Um, 
you know, we apply things, we do things, we go to science festivals, we uh, go to schools, uh, we work on projects with professors, and we, we're amazed at how much we learn about, oh, this is not ready for prime time, or, oh, we've got to tweak this, or, you know, um, you know, the, these, these, um, we've got these prob persistent problems or something like that. And so uh, it's really exciting to see, this is one of the things that we really have, have learned a lot from. So you're absolutely right. When you look at that within an environment of, of, of moving forward and, and, and having access to these things, it's really, it's really great, but it's that community that gives us feedback. It's those projects and the real people who are applying this. And we do something, we think this is the best thing ever. And they, you know, say, well, I couldn't get the headset on because it was, you know, such and such. And we're like, oh no, it's such a simple thing. And we could, you know, so sometimes it comes back to these really simple things just about fitting and, and some interactions or whatnot. We think we've done this amazing thing. And, uh, you know, we get, we have some simple problem or something like that. So that's really, that's really where a lot of the, um, uh, important discoveries have been and some of the most simple kind of uh, discoveries and whatnot. So um, I think, you know, to answer your question, I think moving forward, um, it's going to sound kind of mundane, but it is, it is the, it is, we have this, um, we have this saying that's um, a tagline that we use quite often, which is um, creating seamless extended reality for everyone. And you know, the idea of it being seamless sometimes may be just that you can take a screen capture in your VR headset and send it to somebody really easily. And we've noticed in a lot of different platforms and whatnot, some of the things like this are, are that seem sort of simple, that should be a digital, you know, should just be this, this simple digital uh, exchange are very, very difficult or casting so that other people in the room can see what you see. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, casting has been really unstable for us in a lot of different uh, headsets and whatnot. And that's fundamental. If you've got somebody who's your, uh, we do these, um, you know, immersive training environments with, uh, we work with a uh, hospitality management here at Hudson and, and, and we're creating an environment for them so they can do hospitality training. And, you know, if we can't cast and we've got one, we've got a teacher and a student and the teacher is taking the student through this uh, environment and talking about, you know, this is how you do uh, these certain functions within the restaurant and this is what you do. Well, if you just have the teacher and then the student who's in the headset and, and the teacher can't see what the student sees in order to talk to the rest of the class in this, in this uh, you know, scenario, the whole thing breaks down. And I can't tell you how many times the casting is an issue. So you got this, you know, this great sort of synergistic learning environment and the casting doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I, I, it's going to sound really mundane, but you know, where does it go for the future? It's this stability in all these areas yeah. so that it's seamless extended reality for everyone so that yeah. everybody can engage with it and you can expand that, you know, to everybody in the world and whatnot. Um, so it sounds really simple, but these are the kind of things that we often struggle with. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a nuance, very, very important to highlight. Um, I didn't think specifically about that one before, but now that you mention it, there are certain things that are now we take it for granted of how it happens in media, the normal media mm -hmm. that we use. Trying to create this type of seamless or the same experiences in other media becomes sometimes the challenge, things that are 
seem to be super simple sometimes become the complexity in other mm. media. And I think that until those type of things are not figured out with, as, as you mentioned, also the capability of the computing, the hardware, all of these things, until they get also evolved as well, we might start to see this. So it is not just about what is the next thing, but how can we do the things with what we have now of good quality? So mm -hmm. I, I, I see the point is such a good insight. I think that is a great teaching. Of course, you're a professor <laughs> um, for people that is building at this time or trying to figure out things. Mm -hmm. And not everybody, as you know, have access to this type of education. Yeah. That's the reality. There are many countries in the world that they don't even sometimes even access certain geographically located areas don't even have access to internet mm -hmm. so my question no. would be you know in it seems in Hassan University there is not just a bachelor's degree there are other options as well for people who want to integrate it once they are professionals like me um, how does it work how you know how comparable is with the bachelors the differences what, what are your thoughts about that yeah, we, we actually have, um, we are in uh, year number, we're actually starting year number three. So this is, a, a, we, even though we started in 2016, um, when we got our funding, um, we started the program in the fall of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, we currently have uh, 15 people in the program and um, we've got about 150 students that are sort of using our resources, taking week, like we have a fundamentals class called XR 177 mm -hmm. and um, students take, uh, students take that uh, class. Um, and we think we'll have about 60 students in the uh, program, but to, to answer your question, it, it um, you know, it's developing resources, it's developing resource, it's developing relationships with companies. Um, it's, um, we don't yet have a, um, a master's degree, we're just starting with the mm -hmm. bachelors, we want to focus there, we want to have a really good foundation before we go into master's work. Um, and um, so, you know, we're part of the School of Technology and Innovation. Uh, so uh, we have um, you know, we have the benefit of, of, of course, the coding side is really important. The game engine side is really important. Um, and we're leveraging our, our work with uh, the School of Communications, which is at Husson, which is a, it's a really a nationally known uh, communication school focusing in um, uh, audio, audio engineering and uh, television production, film production, and, and those types of things. So we, uh, so we work with uh, we work with those teams and those students and whatnot. They come up and work with our virtual production lab. So we're not filmmakers, and and um, but uh, we're XR specialists. So we work with the game engines and we work with the environment. And uh, our students work with their students, and they come and bring their filmmaking skills. And we think that mm -hmm. that we think that's the model going forward: is that you're an mm -hmm. XR uh, specialist, and you understand all the areas of XR at least in some regard. And um, I actually stole this uh, from the communications school, but they they use this uh, thing, which is uh, jack of all trades, master of one instead of jack of all trades, master of one and uh, none. So so the idea is that you're you understand all the fundamental principles of XR, uh, but maybe you're a coder 
um, in XR, or maybe you're a designer in XR, or maybe you work with the hardware and you're going to work with some school system or some business to, you know, onboard and implement, you know, systems and whatnot. So um, we've got a lot of expanding resources and whatnot, um, but those uh, those relationships with uh, with businesses and um, and uh, we've had a lot of people knocking on our door because when they hear about uh, the fact that we have this, you know, people from even different states, there's a, a XR facility down in New Hampshire um, that has said, oh, you know, oh, you know, not many people do this. So we want to we want to work with you. So there are a lot of resources that we have um, and uh, but we are certainly growing and, um, you know, just sort of uh, getting into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds super uh, exciting. I think that we're studying. <laughs> we're just studying now. It, yeah. it was a certain number of years that you began, but we're actually studying now. <laughs> so there is a lot to still do. And uh, there are many things in the process that get brought into the world in many amazing ways. I like to know what are some of those, maybe one or two of projects that you were wow you were surprised of things that people were building that came out of the of the xr program what what have been some examples or or, or what uh, sparked yeah. your uh, yeah your admiration yeah <clears throat> that's a great question um you know i really i really had one of the one way that i really had a um a neat experience i think with um uh, a student and actually his family. Uh, so his, um, his mother works for a global food uh, production uh, company. She's actually the global XR manager for, um, for the company. And she's been trying to implement in, uh, she's been working to implement in XR um, uh, in, into the company in various different uh, procedures and processes and whatnot um, on the repair side of equipment. And they make these big giant uh, production machines for like potato chip mm -hmm. bags and stuff like that. So he was in my class. He's a, a first year student last fall. And, and he had a VR project that he wanted to do. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Um, I think it was like a tour, sort of a, uh, you could, you could look at a, uh, Airbnb or something like that beforehand. And we started talking about it and he said, you know, I've, I've got this 3d scan, I'm doing a scan of it. And then I'm going to put these waypoints in it and, 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 and whatnot. And, you know, I started talking about, it. I said, well, wh what's the difference? What's the, uh, we have this, uh, I'll back up a second. We have an analysis, uh, thing that we do, uh, with students and, and, um, what they have to do basically is within our lab, we uh, we want to make sure that we have equipment uh, that basically is a piece of equipment for every sense, sort of some sort of stimuli, if you will, for every sense. So it would be the visual, uh, it'd be audio, interactive audio, but we also want to do wearable and non-wearable. Um, we want to, um, you know, have immersive touch, haptic controllers, you know, motion capture, um, even interactive, immersive taste and smell and all these kind of things. Right. And so what we do is, is, and I'm, I'll, I'll get to the answer to this. Um, what we do is we, we have them analyze, okay, what is the real situation that you're, uh, engaged with? And then what is it you're trying to virtualize? Um, you know, what is that experience that you're trying to virtualize? And 
within that experience that you're trying to virtualize, uh, virtualize what are the interactive um, uh, visual qualities? Uh, what are the auditory qualities? What are the smells and the touches and the sensations? And what are, what are the real things, the movement aspect, the, um, uh, the gravitational aspects? Um, and, and so I asked him, I said, what, well, what, what if you're, if you were going to, so you want to make a tour of an Airbnb so you could sort of like be there, but he was doing it in VR. And so he had a visual scan. I said, well, what would it be like if you were actually there? You know, let's do this analysis, like continue to do your analysis. And, and so I just said, you know, list these things that would be there if you were really actually touring an Airbnb and you were physically there. And he said, well, you know, I'd, I'd hear some things. Okay, good. You'd hear some things. I'd see some things out the window. That's right. Okay. You'd see some movement outside the window. You'd see what time of day it is and these kind of things, kind of things. And um, so he, he created this thing in like hubs or uh, uh, spoke the Mozilla product. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's a great product. And, and uh, first year student, and then he created a, it wasn't a live feed, but he created a feed so that you could go in there and you could look out the window. And so the idea is he was, he was prototyping it, you know, it wasn't an actual camera feed from it. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's perfect. That's excellent. Because what you now have is you're touring. That's at least one element that is a real time element um, that is coming in a feed. So you're touring that, but you're seeing like, Oh, is there a lot of traffic on this road? So you actually have a video feed. So even though it's a scan that's locked into space, that's stale. And so he took that idea and, and uh, thought that was great and everything. And then in the spring, he decided to, um, he came to me with this project. He said, I'm working with my mom on this project and she's got a trade show in Germany. And our, her responsibility is to create this immersive environment of the production line and, you know, all these kind of things. And I was like, okay. And um, I started talking to him about it and um, he ended up doing it and um, he created this kind of environment with, along with his mom and then also another company that did a lot of the artwork and whatnot, where attendees would come up, they would see this LED wall and they tested it in our facility because we had an LED wall. Mm -hmm. They would walk up to it and they would see the visual of a of a sort of the entrance to a production facility, they would put on the headset, they would then they would walk into the production facility, they would walk all around, then they would go to walk out of the production production facility, and they would see themselves there and the rest of the audience there. And so they sort of, they sort of re inhabit their bodies, if you will. <laughs> and, um, you know, so so it was neat to see that he took this and so well and i asked him i said oh wow this is a great idea where'd you get the idea he said well when we were talking about you know connecting to real and virtual I was trying to figure out how to connect the real and virtual so i didn't go over to germany or whatever but i did try the test of it and it's it you know i mean it had some issues uh you know it, it there were some elements that you know maybe didn't quite work when you're re-inhabiting your body and whatever else but i thought that's perfect because what he's trying to do is he's trying to make a connection between that real and virtual and use the plus and the benefits of all of those. So, so I thought that was a really neat project that uh, he was able to apply to a real life situation in conjunction with his, uh, where his mom works. Absolutely. I was going to highlight how beautiful that he was working with his mom, right? Like, yes. like it says, yeah, it's so unusual because it was a coincidence that she's also in the field, but it's, it's so it's like it stays in family and together I, I can picture I can picture everything like there is an emotional connection as well in the story so I love it yeah. thank you so much for sharing that that's so great there are so many ways where 
things can be created in unexpected ways always yeah for sure so what like people right now professionals um from any type of field are wondering sometimes about what is that xr thing um, what would you say to professionals that have when you know they, they just didn't finish high school they went through another degree or something and now they want to understand how to bring that technology what advice do you give them when they already have a career uh, what what uh, what do you have to say there for them if they are wondering starting starting to want to wonder about xr what recommendations advice or anything you have to say in that case yeah i mean that's a good question i mean i would probably say a lot of uh, similar things that uh, other other people would say um, with regard to the, the more we the more we try and experiment with different technologies, I think it's absolutely critical for people to um, uh, it's it's absolutely critical for people to get a a good background in um, uh, sort of the holistic idea of what XR is and have a good vocabulary for what XR is and what it uh, what it does. Um, uh, you know, my, my sort of, um, my aha moment, uh, was, uh, for within XR was, um, you know, I tried XR when we started in 2016, when we started working with it and, uh, but then I went to a, uh, augmented reality, uh, world expo in the spring of 2017. And, uh, there was like a two day seminar there, uh, that, um, uh, that, that, that they had, um, uh, presented and it was uh, it was on a book called uh, augmented reality principles and practice mm -hmm. and um it was taught it was the class was taught by uh, uh dieter smallsteg and um tobias uh, uh hollander and they uh kind of gave a really full view of it of what xr was and that's where i actually learned about ron azuma's um sort of xr test and you know i would say i would say getting a book and understanding the holistic kind of thing for me that was really the aha moment because what happened was i thought it was sort of a little gimmicky at first um but what i realized is it's this powerful uh tool and you can it's a powerful new way of uh computing and it and and there are things that you can do in this immersive computing environment that just weren't possible with computers before and and that when i realized that when i realized it's not a gimmick it has staying power um i started to be able to see oh i see the theme here i see how this tool works i see how the contextualization is um you know it's 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 you don't have a finger on a mouse that's you know up on a screen you're actually touching the thing mm -hmm. and when i realized all those powerful elements of xr i realized okay this has staying power it is not a gimmick and then i think then i think the next step for somebody who's looking at it i think first is understanding that understanding what it really is and what it's really good at because there's so much hype out there there's so many things that you can see and do and that's why we do the xr test we do the xr test to say yeah this is cool but this is not xr this is not in the 
powerful uh, structure of XR where you can grab a hold of things in immersive space, you can interact with them, um, and um, you know you 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 have those those technologies. So I would say the first thing is sort of understanding that, and that that book, um, uh, Augmented Reality Prin Principles and Practice, is great. Uh, there's a lot of other books as well. Um, uh, I teach with uh, teach with one which is um, uh, blanking on the name, um, uh, but uh, maybe put it in the notes there. Um, uh, and then the next thing I think is is figuring out okay within this area what is the area that I kind of want to focus on, um, and there are a lot of. Uh, you know, sort of fancy bits of equipment and things like that. But if you have that area of focus that you're looking at, is it the coding side, is it the design side, is it the systems and hardware and those kind of things, you know, um, is it even on the marketing side or something like that? And then and then getting some of the key skills, you know, I mean, game engines are absolutely critical. I'm, I'm sure everybody would, 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 you know, agree, something like Unity or whatever, beginning to get an understanding of Unity and working with Unity. I think something like 80% of the headsets are use Unity, but if it's on the production side, you know, Unreal has uh, showed itself to be a leader there. So getting some of those core sort of foot in the door skills, like, okay, I've got a skill set and I can use this and I can go to work for a place, or I can, even if, if, if you say, if you're just applying it, uh, I can apply this to my marketing because I know how to use this tool or getting somebody else who knows how to use the tool or something like that. So. Um, yeah, that would be sort of the idea I, I would suggest is getting the basic framework, understanding what it's good at, understanding what it really is, and then getting some of the tools to be able to do some stuff and experiment with it and and um, and make some stuff and see what happens. Because um, because that's really where the hype wears off is where you go and make something and you're like, oh, this is cool or, oh, this is harder than I thought. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Because the reason why I asked that question is because you yourself have been through that you know, your, your background, yeah. your traditional yeah. background, and then you had to transition, you know, yeah. like you had to know how can I integrate this into my, you know, theater into, so you, you went through that journey. So that's why I ask you, but thank you so much. It's been so brilliant. It's uh, always so exciting to hear from experts like you and you're a leader in education. So we're so grateful and uh I think that we can continue, of course, we could even continue with this conversation, but the reality is that the, the technology is always evolving and there is always something new that we have to learn. So the education process is always ongoing yeah. and uh, especially in this field, it's very important to, to update ourselves and know what's going on because in the future, all the traditional careers might have to do something to do with the technology as sometimes, you know, like the, there are many things that have to do with this device, for example. And um, in terms of communication, that might be potentially the case for many professions. So we are doing a, 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 a job here in trying to educate people and helping the community who is uh, willing to put the default and, and is uh, excited or is curious about the field. So, is there anything else that you wish I had asked you today, Bray? Um, no, I, th I think you co we covered a lot of the things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I guess I would just, I guess I would just, you know, say in summary that um, you know XR is kind of its own certain thing, um, and and it it is its own powerful tool. 
And, you know, people use it in very different ways, but it's still XR, you know, in, in our minds, at least, as long as, um, you know, as, as long as it sort of fits within this idea of this immersive, interactive, you know, three-dimensional, um, uh, you know, combination of real and virtual, and, and just kind of figuring out where the power is of that. And I would say, you know, it's just, it's not a gimmick. Um, it really is not a gimmick. And even though... Um, even though I would say, you know, sort of closing thoughts, even though if you've tried it and you thought it was gimmicky, I would try the next iteration of that technology. And, and you may realize that, um, oh, you wrote it off too soon, you know, because I really think it has staying powder power and I, I think it has longevity. And, um, you know, I think it's as evidenced by a lot of people uh, working on it, but there's going to be, you know, be things that work and don't work, but um, it's definitely, uh, here to stay in my mind. And, um, and I think that's exciting. And that's something that you can hang your hat on as far as a career, or, uh, you know, an art form, or, you know, whatever you decide to do with it. And I'm just excited to see what uh, the community is going to do with it. And I'm, you know, grateful to be part of this community. And, and I appreciate you uh, taking some time to chat with us today. Oh, this is super exciting. Thank you so much. Cannot express enough the gratitude because of course it's your time and uh, you're opening up to share all of these great insights directly from the academia and your experiences and all the projects that you've been working on. This is amazing and it's so valuable. Please, anybody who is listening or watching this podcast, consider sharing this with one of your family or friends that you consider would have a lot of value as well. Uh, this has been a very, very exciting journey today, speaking with Brave from Hudson University. And uh, yeah, if you have any comments or any questions, please let us know. In the meantime, uh, you can begin uh, following Brave or maybe reaching out to the university if you have any questions about the programs that are available for anybody to begin learning the exciting world of XR. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Bye for now.